0: This episode is brought to you by Feel Free from BotanicTonics.com. Feel Free is a small two ounce shot made from kava and other ancient plants. And the feeling that it provides is incredible. It is euphoric. It gives you this sense of focus. It reduces anxiety. And it just puts you in a relaxed state in your body. Think of it as a plant-based magical elixir that can uplift your mood, increase your productivity, and give you the energy to do the things you want to do today. There are so many applications for when you can use Feel Free. A few examples are using Feel Free to get into a flow state before yoga, meditation, or exercise. People are using this as a kind of energy drink to go running for miles at a time. And it's also great for socializing. It just makes it easier to connect to people around you. There isn't this kind of background hum of anxiety anymore. It just really melts away. And that also makes it a great replacement for alcohol. So if you're ready to feel free, go to botanictonics.com And use promo code XIAN40 for 40% off. Again, that's botanictonics.com. Promo code XIAN40, X-I-A-N 40, at botanictonics.com. This episode is also brought to you by Sheath, the underwear of legends. What makes Sheath different is the pouch on the inside Now this is a game changing invention that completely revolutionizes the male undergarment. These are the most comfortable underwear I have ever worn by far. They've got amazing designs and styles, super comfortable fabrics. My favorite is the bamboo and also the V, which is a long leg athletic underwear that doesn't ride up and it supports you where it matters most. So go check out Sheath at sheathunderwear.com and use promo code TIMEWHEEL to save 20%. Once again, that's sheathunderwear.com, promo code TIMEWHEEL. We are rolling, and I'm here with one of my favorite visionary artists, Hakan Hizm. How's it going today, brother?
1: Good, man. Thank you. It's been it's been good, and it's good to connect with you finally.
0: Yeah, we've been talking through Instagram um, for a few months now, wanting to do this. Um, I've been a longtime fan of your work, man. I found it really kind of uh, synchronistically. <laughs> Um, My friend Savage, who I've done several podcasts with, he, in his first album, Solstice, he um, samples this really beautiful woman speaking about spirituality and frequency and dimensions and stuff. And um, one night I Googled, because my other friend, Steve McDonald, who is another podcast um, guest of, of mine, had mentioned to me the cosmic egg And I said, wow, I want to learn about that. You know, I'm just interested in what is this cosmic egg? So I Googled cosmic egg, um, well, on YouTube, cosmic egg, and a video popped up. And I clicked on the video, and it was your video, and it had you building pretty much this tapestry that I have here in my studio um, to the exact audio... That Savage had sampled throughout his whole album. Um, y- you had put the audio to your video of creating this piece. Do you remember what that? Who that woman was that was speaking?
1: Oh, okay, I remember. Yeah, um, that was. Uh, I think it's called the Template Project. Um, yes. Uh, so, yeah, it was. I can't remember but they they have this series of ceremonies that they did and right. I think it's called the, the template uh, and I had found them like many years ago and I was like really really intrigued they really inspired me in a yeah. way um, so yeah I wanted I wanted to use that in there as well so right. I, yeah it was the it was temp, the template um, yeah. And I think they go by some other names as well. And I, I think, um, you know, Mark Lee? Uh, he's an no. awesome, like, uh, visionary artist. He's, like, kind of like this Leonardo type. Uh, oh, nice. I, I love his art. And uh, he he did the original animations for them, I remember. Uh, oh, I yeah. yeah. Somnio 8. Mark yes, I do I know him. him. Yeah, insomnia, like, yeah so he, he was like he first collaborated with them uh,
0: from what i remember yeah man that was just a wild synchronicity to me that you know i had just <laughs> done a podcast with savage big fan of his music love his music didn't exactly know where those audio snippets were from of that lady you know speaking such high knowledge spiritual speak i don't even know how to describe it honestly but it's like you know we are yeah space-time coordinates and blah 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 i mean you guys go listen to (laughs) to the savage album and and you'll hear it but then you know i'm looking for cosmic egg and boom i bump into you and you know you're making cosmic eggs um and pretty much from that that moment i was like i have to get some artwork by this guy (laughs) so um i had already been following you actually but that was just a way that just sealed it in my mind like wow that this is incredible work um and i would love to share the story about how you began getting interested in the type of art that you make. You know, in my mind, it's very psychedelic, spiritual, almost like DMT-inspired. Is that true? Would you say it's inspired by those kind of realms of consciousness that psychedelics can induce?
1: Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, I mean, I've been doing art since I was, like, just painting and drawing since I was, like, a child, Um, Because my my mother's an artist as well, and I would sit down next to her and do painting and stuff. So, uh, and I was like inspired a lot by uh, uh, iconography, like spiritual uh, iconography art, and and just stuff like that. There was a period in our lives um, when I was. Uh, living in Australia, where we went through this Jehovah's Witness phase. And I remember I was really inspired by the the art that they had in those, like, magazines and the, the books and all that sort of stuff. And it was, like, quite powerful, like, these different uh, images. But uh, I was also, really, like, really deeply... Um, like influenced and really interested with all sorts of different, guess um, uh, esoteric and traditional belief systems and yeah. and alchemy and occult systems and stuff like that. So that was kind of that ran through everything when I was a, a child or, or in my early teens. And mm-hmm. but then um, I. DMT hit me (laughs) full force, so everything changed. Then it was, I was kind of, um, I was making like uh, surreal art or um, just more more uh, classical oriented artwork and stuff back then. Mm. And then it was around, I guess, the very same time in this uh, period of three years or something, where I discovered uh, the art of of Alex Gray and Luke Brown. And then, because I had had, like, several acid experiences before that and and stuff like that, but it was when uh, I came across DMT that that completely changed everything for me. Like, um, when I had that first experience, I thought... Like this is this is this is the, the real stuff. This is like the actual. This is most This is the real experience, and people need to see this. And because I was so visually oriented, I wanted to wanted people to um, have a variation or version of that experience without actually taking uh, the drug or or going through that experience because I, I knew that most people wouldn't wouldn't go there
2: mm-hmm. they
1: wouldn't do that but if they if I was able to kind of uh, visualize that and show that to other people uh, so that kind of became my life mission for, for quite a long time um, mm-hmm. until I guess a few years ago I was I was like very very deeply obsessed with just um, portraying the DMT realm and Mm -hmm. the DMT experience to people. So I was very much influenced by uh, DMT especially.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, Where was it that you grew up and where are you now? Uh, I
1: I grew up in several countries. I I was born in Turkey, but Mm -hmm. uh, we moved to um, Germany when I was like one year old, and we lived there for about three or four years. And then we moved uh, to Sydney, to Australia from Germany. Mm-hmm. And I lived, uh, I was there for, I guess it's around 15 years old uh, mm-hmm. in Australia, in in Sydney. And oh, then wow. uh, my father died um, when I was 10 years old uh, in mm-hmm. Australia. and. Uh, my mom decided to like uh, move back to, to Turkey. I've like mm. uh, a brother and two younger sisters and so she decided she wanted to reconnect with the family back in Turkey. So we moved back to Turkey and I finished high school everything in Turkey and then uh, I moved back by myself. just went, went back to Sydney to study art there and I lived there for a few years and then kind of got bored and moved back here so i've been (laughs) all all over the place yeah back and forth but i've i've been living uh, in turkey for the uh, for around the last 20 years or so
0: and and so when you first encountered acid and dmt was that in uh, australia Uh,
1: um, dmt was in turkey i i actually so I had my first acid trip in, in Sydney, and then I actually I smoked some DMT, but it didn't work, um, and <laughs> I was really bummed out by that. It it had, yeah. had very had a very like I don't know it was like even below threshold. So mm. uh, and but then several years later, I guess um, four four years later or so, when I was in Turkey. I, I, um, I, uh, yeah, some really good stuff <laughs> came across, and, and yeah. it kind of blew my whole world open. It was very yeah. transformative. Um, yeah. So it was most of like because since then I had I've had like a lot of psychedelic experiences because I was very much. Um, into that whole psychonaut um, state of mind where well, yeah. I'd love because I'm, I'm not a very social person so I'd experiment and, and just write down notes and all that because I, I also have tons of stuff up on mm-hmm. Um like I really love that that uh, that kind of that feeling of of uh, feeling of
0: trying of being a pioneer or something in, in, in these right. different realms thousand uh, percent so, so so dmt is you know very powerful i've done it you know i don't know i'm going to say at least 20 times if not more than that but some part of me is very kind of uh there's like a level of uh i, w- I want to say respect but it's also fear because there is a, there's, it's very intense. It's it's extremely intense. And in fact, sometimes when I land there, the message that I get from whatever it is that talks to you there is like, don't come back here. Or don't come back for a while, at least. Whoa. Like, you know, I remember one day I was doing a, a DMT ceremony and just smoking it out of a bong with a little bit of cannabis. And I went... Had a great time. It was beautiful. It was amazing. I was like, "Let's go back." I went back. It was still great. And then I was like, "Let's go back again." And when I went back the third time, it was like, "Yo, stop coming back." <laughs> you know, like the message I got yeah. was, "This is not how you're supposed to come here." Yeah. And we're gonna freak you out so that you don't come back right right away. So I got like this kind of kind of nasty vision. Uh, kind of scary. Kind of. Malevolent, and I was like, "Oh snap!" So, it took me a while to want to do it again. Um, but for yourself, do you do you find that experience too that they only let you in like every so often, or or do you meet entities there, or you know, um, what is your experience with with DMT? You know,
1: oh, for sure, um, I I haven't smoked DMT. I guess the last time was like. Uh, three, four years ago, maybe, and um, I've actually, I haven't done uh, any drugs except uh, occasional alcohol for the last three years or something. Mm -hmm. I've really gone really deep into breath work and meditation, and i found, like, very profound experiences through that. But before that, um, I guess it was around Fifteen, around fifteen years ago, or 16, 17 years ago, I, I had like, a massive stash of DMT, like, mm-hmm. like, massive, <laughs> so, <laughs> and I like it. Uh, I would just give it out to people and, and just. Mm-hmm. But the thing was that I was, um, so, I spent I. I think it was around six months of my life I spent smoking DMT every day. Like once, when, when I got up in the morning, I would start smoking, and I would take like one hour uh, reset, uh, just uh, to let it reset. So every hour or two, I would I would uh, smoke, and I would have many, many like breakthrough experiences in a day and like for the first few months it was like it was beyond blissful it was it got to the point where I was really obsessed because I wanted to I was kind of like wanted to map out the that realm I wanted to and I was kind of I had tons of notes and I was mapping stuff out and I was uh, sketching and, and just writing and and I was like really really obsessed with it um, and there were times when I would have these um, quite scary uh, difficult experiences and some very humbling and, and hardcore experiences but I would I'd still get back in there, I'd jump back in and I'd do it again and and um, there were times when things got difficult. And I found that I could hack that with MDMA. So what I would do was like take a bit of MDMA, and then on top of that, I would I would do that, and that kind of reset the. Um, I don't. It would make it would make it longer uh, until. I started getting uh, warnings from the DMT realm, Mm -hmm. and but uh, through all this, I kind of I found that I was like really, really detaching myself from the world. I was getting really detached from reality. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was like ignoring my my my, you know everyday life and physical body, and I was kind of starting to go nuts a little bit, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and. At, towards the end of that time, that's when I started to get these really, really um, difficult experiences, like really hardcore experiences. Mm. Uh, and then one day it just shut off.
2: Because
1: yeah. they, they, they were warning me, don't come back here, don't come back here. And I would like I'd have ex- like quite frightening experiences, but yeah. like, then I was thinking, you know, that's also an experience that should be mapped out. So I was also like trying to integrate that and also kind of uh, record that as well. But then, then after that, they kind of they shut it off and no matter how much DMT that I, I, I did, no matter how much I spoke, I didn't have, There was like complete amnesia or it yeah. didn't work at all. And then, so I stopped, I guess for, Several years. Soon after that, I I had some other uh, problems with uh, with addiction, um, with like uh, cannabis and synthetic cannabis substitutes and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. uh, I I stopped for four years completely, went cold turkey on everything. Yeah. And after that, uh, I slowly started taking psychedelics again, and then DMT started working again. I I did have several really profound, very strong experiences, and that's when I came back to it with much more um, um, respect and humility, and uh, so I don't know if I'll... Ever have a DMT experience again, but I don't think I, I need it, I need it anymore. I mm-hmm. kind of, sometimes I miss it, but I, I experience, um, almost, exactly. I, I can have full DMT trips sometimes. Like I have them in my dreams, yeah. um, or I experience lucid dream, and then I can uh, just um where I would decide to experience DMT you know I, that that whole thing would unfold right. or um just in other states of consciousness I i um I don't right. know I don't kind of miss it and it's I feel like it's so <laughs> integrated into my my um uh, morphology now some something that it's it's there whenever i need it
0: right that's a wild man yeah that brought up a couple of things for me which is um i have also done i think twice um dmt with mdma and yeah that definitely got rid of the fear for sure um yeah. it was it was very just like coasting right in the experience is there. It's nice. It's blissful. There's no fear. We're not getting any kind of, I don't know, anxiety. Um, and yeah, those were some of my actual most powerful DMT experiences. Now that I think about it, was was when it was with MDMA. Um, you know, I think of course I'm not recommending people go do that. I think you got to be in a really great say set and setting. Really know what you're doing. You know, know your dosages on the MDMA and the and the DMT, um, to make sure that they're safe dosage levels and that you're going to be all right there. You know, probably want to sit her unless you're very experienced psychonaut. Um, but that's, I I definitely agree that that, um, is an extremely powerful combination. Um, as well, I have had several psychedelic trips within my dreams as well. Like after your brain kind of downloads, whatever the effects are, you know, I've had so many different um psychedelic experiences through dreams and i really like that you know for a number of reasons one is it doesn't really um compete with my normal life you know it's while i'm asleep and it's not like i'm trading my waking sober reality for it it's just kind of like a freebie um and it's a freebie in the sense of i didn't have to go get the chemical either i didn't have to use the chemical either it's a dream it's in my dream you know um and as well, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I really wonder when that's happening. If if the chemistry in our brain is changing in the same way that it changes when we use the actual molecule, you know, not not dreaming, or if it's just like a memory playing back. You know, what would you what would you speculate? Do you think our brain is changing while we're asleep to to do whatever the you know, like if we were to scan our brain while we were under the effect of DMT, or if we were to scan our brain while while we were under the effect of MDMA, it would show that different areas are lighting up, yeah, um, yeah. and certain areas are maybe off um, that are usually on. Are what do they call it the uh, the reptilian mind or the 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 filter? I forget what the word is, but there's like that this this filter that drops. Um, would you think that it's just a memory we're getting, or do you think that our brain is actually changing when we're doing psychedelics in our dreams?
1: Um, I think I think it's part of both. And I think the, the memory is triggering is triggering that. So it's not instead of the the, uh, the actual um, exogenous chemical that triggers it, it's a memory that triggers the endogenous, because we have all of it inside of us. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a reason why we have all these receptors. And, and well, um, I, of course, I can't speak for sure, but the, that's the, the feeling I get is that, um, that life itself, like existence, is like uh, on one level because there's many levels to it on one level it's a whole bio uh, bio, like it's a chemical reaction everything works on the chemical reaction level so um, I think that um, you don't because there's there's tons of research and actual things products being sold and stuff uh, that show that, you know, that you can actually take uh, a, a vitamin or, or a mineral or something without taking it, sorry. So, um, that's like, I don't know what you call it, frequency uh, mm-hmm. research. So, that, uh, they're able to um, to duplicate or, or find... Actual, uh, the actual s- frequencies, sig- signatures of different chemicals and different reactions. And just through uh, that frequency modulation, yeah, you're able to... Uh, it does the same thing as by uh, just the, the frequency itself without consuming uh, the chemical or the product itself. So. Um, there's there's a lot of stuff on this actually, and oh. um, sorry I can't really speak too much in, in uh, detail about it, but um, yeah, that's awesome. but from my own my own uh, experience and and what I've just seen, uh, I think that everything works on a frequency level, on a yeah. frequency level, and yeah. just a memory can actually trigger something that that would
0: be able to duplicate that effect right yeah um you said you practice breath work and meditation as well which i do as well um and i had recently done a breath work ceremony i mean i've been doing breath work for a decade now Uh, i'm a yoga instructor i practice yoga i practice breath work i've known about pranayama for years and years and i've been practicing it but i had actually never done a breathwork ceremony where you go into a container where you know there's 50 people and they're all just doing as much breathing as possible just really deep really not even forced it's it's like this relaxed face relaxed chest it's just like <sighs> yeah. and once you do that for two three minutes like, it starts to get trippy. Like, I literally started (laughs) laughing hysterically. The laughing turned into crying. The crying turned back into laughing. I could hear other people throughout the room just wailing. Some people were laughing. Some people were screaming. It was wild, you know? Um, I didn't know it could get so intense. Um, But what I will say is I had the distinct feeling of DMT. Um, five and ten minutes into this type of breathing, I was like, where do I know this feeling from? Where do I know this feeling from? I was like, this is DMT. Um, I don't know for sure, um, but I've heard rumors that the lungs produces DMT. And I've also heard rumors that the pineal gland, the pituitary gland produces DMT as well. And when we kind of get into this, fight or flight mode where the body thinks something intense is going on maybe it thinks you're dying maybe it thinks you're drowning i don't know what it thinks is happening but it seems to produce a very similar feeling if not the exact same feeling as dmt um in your experience with breath work are you getting that same feeling that like dmt is getting activated yeah
1: yeah yeah for sure i mean sometimes I even get extremely powerful visuals and I don't really um, go very um, specific with my I, I just do some really basic uh, breath work uh, mm-hmm. usually uh, like when I do it every day so I, I just do Wim Hof for example yep. and then I follow that up with like 5 minutes of non-stop um, uh, the breath of fire
0: Um, Right. I use Breath of Fire a lot.
1: So I do that uh, one after the other, and so I guess uh, around 15 minutes or so, 10 to 15 minutes every morning before uh, meditation. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I don't even even need to meditate at that point when I'm. Done. I'm just completely but that feeling that feeling is that of of being of being home of returning home uh, that's that kind of feeling of, of it's hard to explain but I think the, the best the best way to explain it is the feeling of um, returning Home, uh,
0: to the source.
1: Yeah, yeah, to the source. Or that that feeling of of experience, having lived that before, or being because it's. um, I, I had uh, some experiences. in in a very dark place, so I was, um, uh, well, I was in prison actually, um, and I was like, it was it was this very dark period of my life, and I was, um, and I wanted to, I kind of pulled myself out through breathwork and meditation. Oh, wow. So I, I had a, a period of uh, intense experiences, and um, they um, it culminated. I had like a series of three uh, in different experiences of samadhi. I was like, uh, like, like full on in. It was that 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 experience that actually it kind of um, pulled me away from the world of psychedelics, as in wanting to kind of partake or experience that again, because Mm -hmm. it was like it was so pure and so um, so uh, so simple. Yeah. And so like just hilarious in the way that it's, it's there all the time. It's just something that you kind of is become aware of. It's not something that you attain or you, you kind of it's not a gem that you pull back or 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 discover or something. It's just wow, well, this is this is this is experience this is like how everything actually is, yeah, and it's like being a child again, but in a much different way. And that—that's—I had that same experience of that—that that same thing was the of being returning home. Like I was, I found myself again, or I'm I'm back in my 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 center. I'm back here. I'm back again. I found myself again. And it was so different than psychedelics because it was there was no invasiveness. There was nothing that was kind of pushing you. And mm-hmm. but it had that same thing with DMT. Like yeah. um, it was really different than, than DMT, but it had that feeling of of being home, of returning home, returning to the
0: source. Right. Absolutely. No, I get that exact same feeling um, with DMT and with, you know, higher doses of other compounds like LSD. Um, LSD on its own has a particular, you know, effect that I, that I find interesting. But when I combine it with cannabis, which I haven't actually done in, in a while, in a few years, but um, if I would smoke a little bit of cannabis at the height of like one to two hits of LSD it would pretty much get to that same type of realm that DMT would take me which would be yes this infinite source that seems to be where all form where all consciousness emanates from um it's like this and and, and what's so weird is it's somewhere you f- you feel is familiar even though like it was my yeah, first yeah. time yeah, it was like, it was my first time doing, you know, LSD and cannabis together. I'd never done it once in my whole life. When I did DMT, I'd never done it once in my whole life. And yet, where I landed, I knew. It was like, I know this place. Like, whoa, yeah. this feels so familiar, like a place I have been before. Um, and in my mind, it's almost like these higher realms that, that, that we decided to leave and incarnate into the human body from. And that's why it feels familiar. It's like, it's where we came from and it's, it's the Bardo's or it's uh, what people call Valhalla or heaven, or just depending on whichever, you know, culture you come uh, up in, they have words for this place. And it seems to be a place you can only achieve or visit when you die and therefore there's like no proof other than something some books some dudes written wrote hundreds of years ago like the bible or ancient norse text or ancient egyptian stuff or uh, you know the Tao or you know all there's a lot of hints around us that this place exists but it is almost unbelievable that you can visit it within your lifetime um, so I, I really resonate with that. Yes. Like, it seems like we're able to leave the body and the soul is able to ascend to some higher dimension that, uh, we've come from. Um, but, and I, and I'm waiting to comment on that, but also I did want to say when you had this Samadhi experience, was that from breath or was that from meditation or what was it, what technique did you use to get into that state of Samadhi?
1: Um... That was. I mean, I was doing regular breath work and meditation, um, but I think it was more. I was um, getting these uh, dreams, these, um, this information, because um, I really didn't know anything about tantra at the time. But I was getting all these different techniques of self-realization. So I was just getting these different breathwork techniques in my through my dreams, and um, also just very basic, I guess, stuff of being mindful of every step that you take and the movements of the of the body and um I, I don't remember all of them because it was like a very intense period of my life. But I have these journals filled with these techniques that I mm-hmm. that I uh, remember from my dreams that I would implement in my uh, practice when I was there.
0: Are they like yoga postures or kriyas?
1: No, I when I was uh, released later on, I I researched them and I found that there were actually there's a, there's a whole book about this and it's called. Uh, Vigyan Bhairav Tantra, so it's the 112 uh, uh, meditations for self-realization, uh, or so it's like the uh, the quintessential book for mm-hmm. tantra. It's like uh, it's these 112 different meditations that uh, Shiva. Uh, explains to Parvati about these you know different methods of of transcending yourself or uh, going into higher states of consciousness or just accessing non-duality and I found out that almost all of them are in that book as well Mm -hmm. and that was was kind of what blew me away which pushed me into are more, I guess, because tantra me means techniques. That's all it is, and I've been right. constantly, you know, um, just practicing techniques and simplifying everything in my life, or simplifying um, spiritual spirituality and and because it was very for me it was very messy um, back in the day. Because I had access to all these different traditions, and mm-hmm. some would um, vibe with some of them, some would conflict, and yeah. and then I was able to marry all of that uh, through through tantra, and um, so I guess what made me experience what triggered the samadhi was profound br- grief. Like I, um, I was very. I was in a very dark place and about to lose my family and everything. Mm-hmm. And I I went through this experience of complete, like utter surrender, like real yeah. surrender. And I, and I realized that I found, I discovered that um, joy is uh, suffering. So, suffering. Uh, it's like this, um, a kind of coat or something that that completely surrounds joy. And if you're able to push through, through, uh, through that grief and through su- suffering, it um, joy is is the actual food of that. And I, it's very hard to explain, but I I experienced like really profound non-duality just through the realization that, that joy and suffering are the same thing. And that, because uh, I was uh, actually, I was obviously, I didn't have my freedom when I was at that place. And so I, was, I realized that that uh, freedom and, and slavery are actually, the, like, uh, opposite spectrums of the exact same thing, oh, yeah. and and uh, that thing was something that could be transcended. It could be something that that you, that you could move above or move through that. And when when I started to realize that, I st- I got some very powerful like. Um, um, Through my spinal cord, like through the spine, I was I was having like really really powerful sensations, and then my heart felt like it was going to burst, and then it was like full of love, and then it would burn, and then I was just going through this like really, um, I guess, kind of kundalini type experiences for a few hours, and then it just it was like this breeze, this beautiful breeze that just. Me and it was like this is beautiful this is heaven this is n- nirvana. this is heaven like
2: right. and
1: I was like I remember trying to mask my my bliss because I'm, I'm in a place where people are un- unhappy everyone's like um, obviously in, in depression and all that and I was I was in a state of complete bliss. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know, it's the most beautiful thing that I've experienced. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, it's quite beyond words. I've definitely experienced Kundalini as well. Um, I had a very profound Feeling similar to that uh, on the last day of Kundalini Yoga teacher training. So, when I mentioned earlier that I'm a teacher, I do teach uh, Kundalini Yoga, Kundalini Kriya. And on the last day, um, there was this sharing circle where it was like, okay, you know, we're done giving you guys your teachings. You're going to be certified after this. But let's, you know, all go around in a circle and say like the favorite part of the training. And just kind of, you know, say our goodbyes, that type of thing. And, you know, there was a big circle. I'm going to say 50, 60 of us. And we're listening. Each person's giving their two-minute spiel about what their favorite part of the course was. And when it got to me, I couldn't speak. But I felt everyone looking at me. And I felt everyone's collective spiritual energy that they had accumulated... And it was like they were transferring it all to me through the, the gaze of their eyes, yeah. In, including my teachers. There was two teachers, no, three teachers. The three teachers and every other student, they all looked at me and I received all of their energy through my eyes, through their eyes. And this energy just shot up my spine from the base, just like you hear about Kundalini, up through the chest, up through the throat, up to the head, up to the top of the head. And I just had this (sighs) rupturing of energy just fountaining through, I guess, the chakras through my body. And I couldn't speak. And I definitely felt embarrassed because I had been rehearsing in my head what I was going to say while the other 30 people went. But all I could do is cry, you know. And so here I am, the (laughs) the dude crying in front of every (laughs) single person in the class in front of 60 uh people. And I couldn't speak. All I could be was like, oh, like, oh, like, wow, Um, I didn't expect that. (laughs) But I remember just like putting my hands to my heart and bowing just so deeply to everyone. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all of you. Thank you to the teachers. Thank you to this container. Thank you to source. And everyone got it. Everyone knew, you know, because we had all been cultivating this energy together that they knew what I was going through. And they were just like, ah, oh, we love you, Matt. We love you. We love you. And I was like, wow. So that was wild. I remember I had to go to the bathroom and like, get myself together for a minute because that was wild. I couldn't speak. I was just this profound knowing, you know, very much beyond words in the, in the way that you're saying as well. It was just like, man, how do you even describe it? How do you even describe it, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. It completely falls apart when you even try to begin to describe it. It's like... Mm-hmm. It's something on a whole different level.
0: It really is. It really is. Well, oh, man, um what was the name of that book one more time? The Tantra book? Vikyan Bhairav Tantra. Okay. I'm going to have uh, to get that. I'm going to text you after this and, and yeah. try and
1: yeah, I need to several, buy that. Yeah, there several versions of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll send you a link to, to the one that I find most um uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, the best one I think. Perfect. you to live for it. Yeah, um, I would love that. Uh,
2: That'd be cool. There great. was
1: also another um, another chemical that really, really influenced me in, <laughs> in very dark and, and and amazing ways as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that experience is the only one that that could that. Because I wouldn't. I thought nothing would top the DMT experience, mm-hmm. um, but I, I discovered uh, something or a, or a set of, of, of chemicals called. I can't even begin to to pronounce it. It starts with A, but they they are psychedelic disassociatives. Okay. Uh, so and. Well, one of them was uh, MXPR, and another one, the, the, the main one was uh, 3-MePCP. Uh-huh. So, um, so these are like, they work on the sigma receptor, and okay. the sigma receptor like, is like it's very, they're still trying to work out what they actually do. And yeah. um, there's like lots of paranormal stuff that goes on, which mm. is affected all through the sigma receptors, mm. and you well know, I I just don't want to go too deep into it. Maybe we can do a different podcast about because it, it was like okay. it's a whole different adventure. But right. I I'd call it kind of like the Zen molecule or something. It was like I would have experiences where I'm, for example, I'm reading a book to my son. Mm-hmm. At the same time, uh, I'm imagining uh, or I'm visualizing an artwork that I'm working on and I'm kind of um, assessing it and kind of um, visualizing that at the same time. And at the same time, I'm thinking of, of what I need to do that day, just like the to-do list and stuff. Yeah. But and but they're all ha- happening at the same time. I do have to processing them at the same time. It was just insane, like, that I was able to do that. And but I while I'm reading the book, I'm there, I completely comprehend what I'm reading, and yeah. I'm, I'm also experiencing that connection with my son while I'm doing all this other stuff as well. Wow. It's like,
0: It's Um, almost like the bio-location, like being at more than two places at once, that type of thing. Yeah, like... (laughs) It's like it split you off in a different timeline simultaneously or something?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, It was... And you have this feeling... It has a very messianic feeling to it. Uh, I guess a lot of psychedelics do have that, but this is like a whole different level, and you kind of feel like you're actually experiencing godhood in a a very profound way. And it's like, um, because it's in the same realm of Kettleman as well, so you don't have that kind of fear. There's no fear or anything, but it was very, very powerful, so powerful that I contacted um, Dennis McKenna, and I wrote to him about it. And he replied, replied to me, and we had some, <laughs> some um, back and forth because yeah. he found it really intriguing, like, the, the effects that it had. Right. And um, he said he was going to go, go into it and, and study it and stuff. And,
0: yeah, it was just a side I don't know, know if it's too private, to, but I would love to read that trip report that you sent to Dennis when you explained it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm very. No, very I'll, I'll
1: dig it up for you. I'll, I'll send it to you.
0: That'd be great. I would love to. So when you said what it was called, it reminded me of something I've heard about, and I've only ever heard rumors about it, but it was called MXE. Is that what it was?
1: <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I'm laughing because that's what put me on to this whole thing. It was mm-hmm. because s- several years ago, um, I had these really, really profound experiences with MXC, so so. methoxetamine. And that was like profound, like profound life-altering, like really, really strong. It was like, it's hard to explain, but it was kind of what I mean by paranormal is that kind of, it felt like you were altering your, your reality, um, while you were like the stuff that you were thinking or visualizing while you were on the, the, the drug itself, it felt like it was actually changing or influencing se- synchronicities in your life. Yeah. So um, after those experiences, I started to research this and then uh, look for it. And I found that, like it was completely, it was gone. You couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, yeah.
0: That's what I've heard uh, about it. That's the only rumor and, I hear about MXE yeah. is like no one can find it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, and so that's what led me to MXPR. So there's this mm-hmm. whole gra- um, grail quest kind of thing where all these um, research chemists, they're trying to uh, duplicate MXE mm-hmm. in different ways. So that led me to MXPR, which was like yeah, very, very powerful. And mm. it's, it's very similar to MXE, but it mm. had a different, more sacred feeling to it. Um, more, mm. um, I would say, feminine in a way. Mm, that's and beautiful. So that, then that led me to um, a whole different spectrum of. of Disassociatives and especially the, that 3ME PCP was like was that on a different level, and then it led me to HXC. So it's so MXC, it's HXC, and like that's a whole different rabbit hole. And I, yeah, I just want to kind of um just put a disclaimer out there that this is like really, really um. It's not like psychedelics. You need mm. to really know what you're doing, and mm. even when you know what you're doing, you can, you can really um, lose yourself in it. Mm. Um, I've I found that those those psychedelic disassociatives can open you up to portals where you can. I've had experiences where I felt I was kind of possessed in a way, or I was kind of being mm-hmm. controlled by these entities. Mm-hmm. So there's definite entity contact with these substances, but it's not in the same way as with DMT. Um, mm-hmm. And I you need, I think you need extreme caution with these. They're, they're not like psychedelics and they have this addictive uh, mm-hmm. capacity to them as well.
0: Sure. Yeah. I can imagine. I mean, it sounds like you're getting some type of omnipresent vibe and that's why you said yeah. it's almost like Godhood, you know? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine Godhood would be addicting. I mean, who wouldn't want to be a God, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. dude, that's, that's wild. True. I'm definitely going to look into that. And I appreciate you sharing that. That's, that's really interesting. And it brings to mind like, wow, like it's so crazy. What experiences we can have as humans, um, people just would not believe what humans can experience. Like it's crazy. But um, while we have a few more minutes, brother, I I wanted to ask you about some specific things about your art. Um, This piece that I have hanging here, what's the title of this piece? One more time.
1: Um, That one is Vitruvian spirit. That's uh, right. Seeding the new Renaissance.
0: Right. Right. Um, there's so much going on, you know, I'm seeing chalices, I'm seeing cosmic eggs, I'm seeing DNA, uh, musical structures, like the phi ratio. I'm curious, you know, what inspired this particular piece? I feel like it's one of your most popular pieces. It's the piece that you have as your Instagram, um, bio picture. You know, I I watched how you made it because you have a video online of you making it on YouTube. I recommend everyone listening yeah. go check that out. Absolutely incredible um, process. But there's chakras. You know, tell me what inspired this painting, this visual in particular, and what you were trying to kind of capture with this piece.
1: Um. Yeah, (laughs) so that was the exact period of my life where I was going through these experiences with uh, 3ME, PCP, especially like the psychedelic disassociatives. So I, I was, like I said, I was experiencing this kind of messianic kind of godhood and what I felt was I felt this extreme unity. So I wanted to unify uh, that universal transmission series into this quintessential artwork that kind of unified everything that was inside them, mm-hmm. and they were like, I wanted to also pay homage to to uh, Da Vinci, Leonardo da Vinci. I was like really influenced by him when I was younger as well, mm-hmm. and I felt like at the time that there was this I think it was, I was so influenced by the 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 chemicals or something, but it was like I felt there was this psychedelic renaissance emerging and Mm -hmm. I wanted to to capture that, I wanted to uh, and the way I wanted to do that was to uh, have the um, the male and the female in there, uh, and yeah the 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 figure in the middle uh, could be ex- expressed in different ways, but uh, I would I was mainly thinking of that as the, the hermaphrodite. Uh, so it's the, the, the merging of the qualities of man and woman into one being. And uh, through my experiences, what I've seen, that everything has correspondences, everything corresponds with each other. So the colors and the octaves and, and uh, different geometries, and everything has this specific correspondence with each other. So I wanted to kind of show that in the artwork, that um, everything kind of flows into each other. and. Right. Um, what the, the the main thing behind it is the presence of the masculine, the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine. And right. then the merger in between is the creation of of in, human ingenuity or human you know creativity. I just wanted to right. kind of be a celebration of of what humans can create and, and do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. Um, So you have also created this series called Universal Transmissions. Um, And a lot of them have, like, descriptions as to what you're seeing, but they're in another language. Yeah. Right? What is that language? Yeah, that's... um, uh, It's just... Text that I kind of
1: made up uh, over the past nine or ten years that I, I made up this alphabet myself, oh. um, and that was through um, experiences I had uh, during my childhood. I would have these dreams, mm-hmm. and I'd see these just this unintelligible text, or just oh. these these different writings. And I would write them down. I had, I've got like a few journals full of text that I would just write down. And it was just, I don't know, or kind of automatic writing or a semi-writing. I would just do that. Mm-hmm. And I did that for years and then I kind of stopped. And then when I first did DMT, it reminded me of that. I thought, because I saw yeah. that text in the DMT realms. And then as I went back in, I went back in, It's all, it's there all the time, this really, this, this text that has profound meaning, but you can't read it, and it it just, you kind of get what it means, you, but it's not done through this process of, of mental, of, of actually reading it and then decoding that mentally. It's just something that's more... Noises-based, I guess.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure you've seen Allison Gray's, like, I think it's called Secret Language or Secret Writing? Yeah. Do you think she's tapping into the same thing or seeing the same thing when she's doing her LSD or DMT experiences?
1: For sure. For sure. I was, like, really surprised. Um, and also, like, I thought, okay, I'm... Um, I'm, I'm not, not crazy, but I'm like, I'm not alone in this. When I saw her, because uh, uh, I saw her stuff a lot later, mm-hmm. I was because I was doing this for years, and then when I saw it, I thought, wait, I know this, yeah. and I, and I, I was like really, really blown away, uh, by the stuff that she does. Still am, and I think. They're the same realms, for sure, uh, because they I've um, I've seen other artists use uh, similar glyphs and symbols as well. Like I guess a lot of our people can be influenced by each other, but the ones that I I talk about were like before. I forgot his name. He's Paul something. I I don't know his last name, but. Mm-hmm. Um he also has, like, similar iconography and symbols and stuff as well.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah, when I see, you know, your works, um, the Universal Transmissions, it feels in a way almost like alien in that, like, if an alien being from another star system got their hands on it, as a manuscript, they would be like, oh, they know what we know. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's, it's wild. Um, and I wonder too, do you, have you had any experiences or do you find any correlation with aliens and DMT or the DMT realms? Because I certainly get these, this feeling under the influence of DMT or other, psychedelics that aliens might not be physical beings and and, and maybe they are maybe some of them are but but i don't know i get the feeling that a lot of what we call aliens are like these higher dimensional entities that people are coming into contact with through psychedelics so for example when you hear about abduction stories Abduction stories tend to have this through line of that it's happening at in the early hours of the morning, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. at night. They're they're waking up, they're leaving their bed, they're going out to their backyard, and there's a UFO, and they're getting sucked up into the UFO, and then they're getting probed, and they're they're in a ship, and blah, 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 blah. So I think it's easy to come to the to the conclusion that like they're having a DMT experience. They're still in their bed physically, but like their consciousness has popped out and has gone to this higher dimension, this alien dimension. Um, and, and, in fact, it feels like the entities, and I've only had a couple of entity encounters, but it feels like they might just be aliens, you know? Like, <laughs> they might be the stories we're hearing about. They might even be the gods that, like, the Bible or, like, the Old Testament was written about, and, like, the ancient Egyptians, they have these gods, this pantheon of gods, yeah. you know, it feels like those gods and those aliens, they they exist in the DMT realm and we get glimpses of them, whether it's endogenous, you know, meaning produced within the self, whether it's through the lungs, through the brain, through the pineal gland, or exogenous I think is the word, which is like, you know, we take the compound. Um, for example, like Moses and the burning bush, there's a large speculation that The burning bush was an acacia bush that was a dmt bush and he was inhaling the smoke of this bush therefore having a dmt vision when he encountered quote-unquote god that he went on to write about um so for you do you find any correlation with like gods and aliens and the dmt realm (laughs)
1: yeah yeah for sure um from my own personal experiences, um, I've I've encountered entities countless times. I don't I can't even count. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some very profound experiences with them, like mm-hmm. and some deep conversations and interactions. Um, but especially that um, I got that feeling for sure, almost every time of being, um, I guess, it feels like an, an abduction in a way. Uh, yeah. Because what it feels like for me, what it always felt like was that I would wake up um, in in a crib, in this multi-dimensional crib or something and I'm like this, cosmic infant, and there is this kind of this creature standing over me, and it has this mother and father energy as well, but it's also it's kind of like this uh, cross between a mantis and and, and a grey alien, so sometimes it can be completely grey alien, sometimes it's like this weird mantis kind of thing, and it's like performing these different things on me, so it's like either, um, like what do you call it? So, so it's putting an implant into me, or yeah, just performing these different like diagnostics or you know, probe me in different ways and something like that, right? And. I just had the feeling that I was, because I was so uh, out of my league, not being able to to navigate that dimension, I was easily being, like, kind of... Yeah, so it had that probe kind of feeling toward every... Like, a lot of the times in my DMT experiences, there are other times where I would kind of just interact with them on different levels, and... Mm -hmm. I still were like visually they had that aspect of the gray aliens and uh, and as well as, the, as God's I had this contact with um, I I guess I would call Shiva so this being that was uh, both uh, male and female at the same time mm-hmm. and at Different times, it would have a very powerful masculine presence. Sometimes, different times, it had this very powerful feminine presence, and yeah. it was like a creator of, it was constantly creating reality and destroying it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I, don't, I, I. That's was, absolutely it, Shiva. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's I love I, Shiva. That's my most famous. I guess it's the painting that, that I did that kind of put me on on the the spectrum where people started discovering my work was that um, serpentine hypothesis, So it's a, like my rendition of that shiva experience of DMT,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: that that kind of went viral, and then, uh, so it was that. Actual it was back in two thousand and twelve. I think I did I did that one. Um,
0: yeah, I'm looking but at it right
1: there, now. Those um, I wow. s- experienced different gods, like I guess like, archetypes and stuff. But the most powerful ones, for sure, were the the, the, the presence of Shiva and yep. those the mantis type gray alien kind of things. The, the ones yeah. in between were kind of fanciful and I guess they were like I felt like there were like reflections or different like things, but mm-hmm. definitely that that presence of, of Shiva Shakti was like very, very um very real and very powerful in that realm. Right.
0: Yeah, I love that. No, definitely relate. Um Yeah, it does seem like um, aliens, greys, the mantis, and these gods—you know—exist within these higher realms. You know, maybe we call it five D, six D, twelve D. I'm not sure. You know, but I—I've had a very similar experience. Um, and I, before I forget, actually, I want to mention that that music artist I brought up at the very beginning, Savage S A V E J. He's been on my show. I'll send you oh, a link okay. to the one. I'm sorry. Uh,
1: though. I thought I thought. Yeah. All right. So, s- I actually did a cover for uh, album cover for his uh, art. Did artwork for one of his albums. But yeah, I've I've talked with him for quite a. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's wild. That's yeah. that's that's awesome to connect that. Um. So, he has had endless encounters with these mantises. And it was funny because after I met him, I started to see mantises, actual the bugs. I never saw mantises. I never saw them. Like, I don't know if my awareness was just now open like to look for them or whatnot, but I I don't know. But I I got back from a trip visiting him um, where we did some ceremony work. And when I got home, it's like, I'm seeing five to 10 mantises a week. And if I had to, (laughs) if I had to guess, it's like, I put out this little conspiracy theory, this little guess that it's, they're like interdimensional security cameras, like these little mantis bugs. And they're connected to the higher realm mantis beings but it's like they're, the, they're their little secret agents and they like keep an eye on the people that had visited them so, because like after I worked with Savage and of course heard all his stories about the manises, I was being watched by the manises now. And I dude, I've been living at this house for years and like I never saw manises around. And it's like as soon as I get back yeah. from a trip, it's like there's one on my car, there's one on my back porch, there's one in on my friend's house. Literally my friend sent me a picture of a manis yo, look what just popped up in my house. I'm like, what the fuck is going on, dude? You know? like It's like they started watching me and my friends. I don't fucking know. Maybe it's all a coincidence and I'm crazy, but I don't know. It feels to me like there is some link with these (laughs) higher-level manis beings and the insects. (laughs) I
1: completely, for sure, man. Um, I get that feeling a lot, and I think I've always said this, the um, so you know uh, um, as above, so below, insects or the insect world is an as above component to electronics, man-made electronics. Mm. I think there the whole insect kingdom is this higher it's an advanced form of electronics of this. Wow. Um, Communication, electronic communication system that is actually connected to this higher realm of maybe DMT or, or wherever it is of this of this even higher realm, yeah. and I, that's it. Really feels like that when I yeah. tune into like the the insects and the bugs, and especially yeah. the mantises and the the ants, mm-hmm. they're like really really trippy. I Man, they they kind of They give me that that feeling of they're actually these multi, like high dimensional, multi dimensional circuits. Yeah. That are like, that are transceivers of responders from from these uh, high realms.
0: Yeah. I relate to that. I remember one time, one of my earliest journeys was a mushroom journey. I was probably 20, 19, 20. So this is more than a decade ago. Um, But I remember being completely enamored by insects under the effect of mushrooms. Like I could just watch them for hours. I was just like, what the fuck? These things are everywhere. Like, wow. Like it was like seeing an insect for the first time. And I was mind blown. I was like, these things look advanced as fuck. It's crazy. So I know what you're saying, even though, you know, our normal daily consciousness thinks of, them as pests like yeah i don't want to see ants get them out of here you know but like in the right state of mind you you're just bewildered by the fact that these things live everywhere all the time dude if someone put me out in the forest i couldn't survive for a fucking day no i probably could but (laughs) they live out there you know what i mean like it's it's crazy how resourceful they are and what they're able to do So that's absolutely mind blowing. Um, But I wanted to mention this too, before I forget that I I saw Shiva as one of the only, I probably had about five entity encounters. Um, And I've done DMT, like I said, like 40 times. It's interesting how few entity counters I've gotten, but maybe I just haven't smoked enough Um, because I usually do the two to three hits, but I definitely know you can take three and four and hits and have bigger experiences but um w- one of the experiences I had was I couldn't see I didn't have exact verification that it was Shiva because the being was so large that like I closed my eyes and I could see this being but I could only see it was seated in Indian style and it was so large that it was like a mountain and the head was in the clouds. Yeah. So I could only see like wow. up to like its navel. Um, so I could see its legs, its feet. It was seated cross Indian style, like a yogi. Um, I could only see up to like, yeah, it's navel or it's like belly button because the rest of it was in the clouds. Cause it was a fucking mountain. And I was like, I don't know for sure, but I'm getting the intuition that this is Shiva you know (laughs) it was as if it was like a Himalaya it was the Himalayan mountains but it was a being so I don't know I freaking love Shiva I just wanted to put that story out there I think I've talked about it like one time um, on my podcast with Michael Garfield
1: well with Shiva it's like unmistakable for some reason like even if if it doesn't look like him or her it's you get that really powerful feeling Yeah. Uh, that this is Shiva. Just like, right. It has that kind of effect.
0: Absolutely. And dude, I mean, I feel like yogis have been experimenting with consciousness for these thousands of years from the earliest times that Shiva was written about or created statues um, yeah. and it's very likely the same exact being that's been alive this whole time that people have been encountering for thousands of years whether it's through yogic techniques deep meditations or psychedelics you know because i think a lot of these yogis who are interested in um enlightenment and divine divinity uh you know will will try anything and everything under the sun to Get to these levels of consciousness. So I believe yogis for thousands of years have definitely been using plants, and I, and I know even today they use marijuana like very regularly. It's it's a whole path that they that they use. But um, that's awesome. We'll definitely have to do another podcast down the line because there's still so much to talk about. But there's only ten more minutes left, and I did want to talk about your new book. Um, you had just did a Kickstarter which I think was funded on like day one, yeah. wasn't it?
1: Yeah. 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 Spoke the first day.
0: Dude, that's awesome. Big congrats on that. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't um, expecting that, but. Yeah. That's awesome, fun. man. Definitely deserve it with how much work you've been putting in through all the years. Um, but what I wanted to say is, yeah. How would you describe the book? You know, what, what is, what's the purpose? What's the intention with this body of work? And, you know, what is it called? And, if you just kind of give yeah. us an explanation because so, it's on so its, its way. So it's called the, the,
1: the Universal Transmissions Codex. So it's like the, the Universal Transmissions is like this series of, of a body of work that I started uh, around 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And then when I first... Uh, after doing the, the very first one, I was like... Um, I uh, got some feedback from other artists and friends and from your family as well that, that this would be awesome as a book and I thought, because it's something that I've always wanted to do you know, since I was a, a, a child as well, I was always, you know, I mentioned I was writing down like uh, these pages and I would like just do these weird drawings and then connect those to to the writings as if it's like this encyclopedia or something like that it's just just weird stuff that I would do right. and then then when I was started doing these these artworks these different series I thought this actually would look like really nice as a book mm-hmm. and then then started developing that way I started thinking of it as this kind of just this book that felt really mysterious and and alien, but really familiar at the same time. And so I... So all the the cosmic egg and Vitruvian spirit and everything is is actually about that book or that whole series is about uh, creating this codex or this realm or this experience and... I wanted to, the reason that I, I I wanted to emphasize that it's like more of an experience. It's not about decoding the book or about because um, because of the, the the experiences that I had in my, my life is that that knowledge is is borrowed. So mm. anything that, that you know is something that you've either learned, like somebody has told you, or something that you've read, or um, something that you've listened to, or something. But that's that's not real knowledge. That's something that's, that you've borrowed. Mm-hmm. Whereas something that you've experienced, you know that to be true through and through. That's like... And uh, I wanted to like really... Um, show the differentiation between that, of what knowledge and Gnosis was. So, yeah. um, I, that's what I wanted to use the book as a platform for, for, the artworks and the way the writing was set up and the text to kind of uh, playfully pull people back into the world of Gnosis because we're kind of it seems like we're lost in this information age where there's just so much information and any and all of it can be true and all of it can be just just bullshit. I mean it's um but what you experience yourself and what you experience yourself is is true. Um right. so that's what I wanted the book to be about. It has lots of different stuff in there Um, and I mean some people call it channeling or like different um, codes or stuff Mm -hmm. like that. um, Mm -hmm. But it's just a lifetime of experience that I've had uh, through different esoteric traditions and I just Mm -hmm. wanted to include them in there uh, as a way to pull people back into pure experience, you know. The, instead mm-hmm. of, like, reading that, you know, this does this, or if you do this, it activates this chakra and stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. instead of that, actually experiencing it yourself and to right. get lost in that whole mystery. Um, yeah, absolutely. So that was the reason for the book. Yeah, love it. Love it
0: yeah I recommend everyone check it out um is it still orderable or is um, it
1: yeah it's in the last two days i think there's 48 hours left oh, okay. and once uh, the, the Kickstarter is finished and um i send out all the the orders i think i'll have um maybe 50 or so Mm-hmm. left in stock like from that print so I'll, I'll be able to sell the rest of them on my website nice. uh, at
0: universal universaltransmissions.net. awesome Universaltransmissions.net. let's go yeah yeah i think by the time this podcast comes out those 48 hours will be up so hopefully you guys will stay tuned to the website um get your hands on one of those because It's mind blowing. I mean, I've only seen the images, but I'm so excited. I ordered one, and I'm excited to get it. So, and I wanted to say too about why I believe it's such important work that you're doing by creating like a book like this. Is it it brings so much validation to other people and their experiences that again they're not crazy. Other people Mm. are witnessing this stuff too. Mm. It really does seem to be you know a level of reality um that you're mapping and again you know like my first couple psychedelic experiences i was i was just wondering like does anyone else know about this or am i the only one you know (laughs) because this was a little before it was as popular as it is now with you know all of the stuff on the internet and Yeah.
2: yeah
0: so when i find artists like yourself that really give that sense of validation that, you know, this is a real place. Other people can go to it. It's wild to me that it feels cohesive in that so many people are having similar experiences there because the like scientific explanation is it's a hallucination, (laughs) which like a hallucination (laughs) means you're coming up with just funny ideas. And it's just like thought waves bumping into thought waves. And like, it's coming up with random stuff, but no, no, Yeah. So many visionary artists are tapping into the exact same experiences, exact same entities, exact same yeah. Uh, yeah. geometry. So it's not a hallucination; it's a real place. You can elevate your consciousness to get there. You yeah. know. So that's exactly. that's that's. I'm so glad you're doing that work, brother. Well, dude, thank you so much for your time yeah. today. This has been absolutely. Absolutely, brother. It's been an honor again to know you more. Um, again, you're one of my favorite visionary artists, so love to get to chat with you. And um, yes, yeah. everyone stay tuned to uh, UniversalTransmissions.net and your Instagram, Hakan Hizm. We'll have that all linked down in the bio. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you once again, Hakan, for being here. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother.